Blog Talk Radio. active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I've been playing four on four with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
right, let's try this again. Uh, Mo, can you hear me? No, I can hear you. Uh, Matt, can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right. So we are having some technical difficulties, but we're uh, trying to work through this. Not sure exactly what the problem is. I could hear like I could. It's like my microphone's not working. I could hear in my ears, but apparently nobody could hear what I was what I was saying. So we'll uh, we'll just have to kind of. I I I had to uh, go just a, a different route, but as long as everybody can hear me, we're we're good to go. What? What 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 can we expect? Hey, it's it's, it's Corona vacation, right? Uh, so let's uh, let's uh, kind of kick things off. We'll restart things off. My name's we're gonna reboot here. Uh, my name's uh, Tom Michael Sal Presidente. We are uh, uh, ready to rock and roll in spite of some technical difficulties. Nine one seven eight nine eight five one six is our digits. Most the BS Sports Show joins us. Awesome, Matthew Embry, WSBT up in South Bend joins us uh, to talk some IndyCar with us, and we're starting to slow come out of our hibernation, of course, sports, if you will. IndyCar announced that they'll be uh, resuming in June. Of course, next weekend is uh, uh, NASCAR Speedway. Uh, Steve Wilson from Speedway Digest is going to be joining us at, uh, at the 10 o'clock to uh, talk with us about the opening of NASCAR. And coming up next here at 930, is Ed Crash beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles going to be talking about uh, some of the the wins and losses of the schedules, if you will, as we get ready for the preseason uh, for the NFL. Nine one seven eight nine eight eight nine eight five one six or digits. We'll go ahead and start with you, Matthew. Uh, Matthew IndyCar comes up and around. Uh, it's starting to wake up. Looks like they're going to have a race in Texas. And I know we lost you last week due to audio difficulties, but uh, uh, they're opening up here in Texas in June. Give us the latest of what's going on in IndyCar. Well, first of all, you can hear me, right? Just with those issues on that end? I can hear you this week. Last, this week was, is my issues. Last week, I think it was your issues. <laughs> so, I could be in that so studio where it's- Cut off and the Wi-Fi cut off that I couldn't they couldn't hear me and I couldn't emulate so I apologize for that. But I, all I can say is right now it looks like we're good to go for June at least and probably the Indy 500. Uh, beyond that though, uh, the question marks are uh, certainly uh, some of these other events. Toronto, there's still skepticism whether Toronto's going to go or not. But uh, beyond that, uh, the good news is at worst it looks like. A- Easter race in Texas and at least Indy 500. And considering where we were a few weeks ago, even those didn't look likely. So based on that scenario, I know people aren't going to be happy that several races could be still omitted from the schedule. But, hey, considering the circumstances and this is the new norm, you you can get. And the fact that we don't have a canceled season, I'd say that's the positive. So, uh, Matthew, you know, uh, what are our thoughts? I mean, as we get closer and closer to August, I think everything's going to come done as planned for the Indianapolis 500. But, I mean, do we see an outside slight chance that the uh, Indy 500 might be moved back again? Because I can't see them running the Indianapolis 500 without fans. Because the Indianapolis 500 would not be the Indianapolis 500 without the fans. I don't think they're going to have a choice. Uh, they're going to—it's either no fans or no race. And right now, with the unpredictability that this is going on, I mean, heck, even uh, White House members are having issues with COVID now. Uh, this is the only way to do it. I mean, 
That's what Sprint Car World of Outlaws did last night with the event. Bill. Uh, that's what NASCAR is planning on doing. And uh, unfortunately, until this completely clears up, this is the new norm. So unfortunately, it's either make it or leave at this point. And it's either an Indy 500 without fans or no Indy 500 at all. Well, let's uh, go ahead and switch over to you. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the NFL releasing their their pre, their, their schedule. Uh, obviously, the Colts have uh, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles in the preseason. Uh, what, where are we at with the, what we know about the NFL as far as they're opening up on time? Well, I mean, I think that's the uh, that's the plan as of now. But you know, as we see, everything you know can change in an instant. Uh, depending on, I think, what the numbers are with this, whether they spike again. But as of right now, the NFL seems to be full steam ahead in, uh, in going on with the with the season. It'll be weird to watch a football game, though, if we have to with no fans. But at this point, I'll take I'll take anything. You know, I'm, I, I look forward to the Jordan documentary every Sunday just for mm-hmm. some type of sports. So uh, the NFL looks ready to roll full steam ahead at least playing the games, whether we'll have fans or not, well, that remains to be seen. I'm going to be watching that, uh, uh, Michael Jordan. I, I, I was waiting for them all to load so that I could kind of do a big binging session with it, but I'm probably going to go ahead and, and get get uh, started on that. Uh, Matthew Embry, uh, what are your thoughts about the NFL preseason? I know last week we t- tried to talk with you a little bit about uh, the, the draft and the culture. What are your thoughts as far as especially how it related to, to uh, Notre Dame players? Well, first things first, let me just say I do not agree with Trey Wingo saying that the Colts are the third best team coming into this season. He said that on Bullock and Wingo on Thursday morning. I think they're still a ways away from that far. Uh, but uh, I think it's also premature to say that Tampa Bay is a shoe-in for the Super Bowl. I, I still don't think, uh, with even with a not-so-great Carolina team, there's still other teams you got to worry about, including the New Orleans Saints. So I don't think that's a given either. But to wait and see, and even though, yes, we still don't know much about Jerry Hittum, still have Bill Belichick as the head coach of the Patriots, and until they are proven otherwise, I still think they are the favorites to beat for another Super Bowl, even with Jared Stidham as the quarterback. Matthew, some, I know more IndyCar news. The man who convinced uh, John Menard to give Tony Stewart a shot at IndyCar has died. Larry Curry died Friday at 68 years old uh, here in Indianapolis after a series of uh, dilapidating strokes over the last two years. What are your thoughts and memories of, of Larry Curry? Well, the first you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, Larry Curry certainly is not involved with Bernard. He's been involved with several teams in the GM, Illinois program. Uh, it's just a shame to see him go. But, again, uh, you know, with the, the stuff with the COVID going around and it's the tech- the elderly, even though this wasn't uh, COVID-related, unfortunately, this is becoming the norm, and that's what makes it so difficult. But, uh, yeah, Larry I think of the sport, unfortunately, he messed with them, and then the penalties he had while he was with Vision Racing uh, certainly hurt his reputation. But, hey, remember, this guy that also helped block racing on two occasions when no one thought he was on Halloween ago. So, he certainly was good for something, and I think he never got – credit that he deserved as manager and boss and uh, the fact that uh, you know he's kind of forgotten in the Indy Corral I think is really a criminal uh, thought in my mind because 
he certainly has been one of the key players, uh, not just in the Indy 500, but in the league and in IndyCar. So it's a shame that he's gone, but uh, it's a shame, I think, more that he never got the respect I think he deserved. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a passing of Larry Curry. Uh, let's, uh, Matt, uh, Mo, we'll switch over to you here. I'll talk with you a little bit about what I, what I think is somewhat of a comical story. Uh, of course, the media is going to uh, uh, blow it all up, but I, I you, what, what's the old saying? Bitches be crazy. Uh, well, I'm speaking of Raymond's Earl Thomas. Uh, his wife was arrested for confronting him with a loaded gun. Now, okay, now, it, at, at the forefront, that sounds like, well, okay. But uh, his comment in, in the media was just like, oh, I just want you to keep our, our family and stuff in prison. This stuff just happens. You know what happens, bro. Something like that. So here's the backstory, Mo. You've probably read it and heard about it. So uh, Earl Thomas and his wife get into a fight. He leaves. He goes to an Airbnb with his brother. Uh, he invites several women. We'll call it an orgy over. Wife finds out about it. Wife grabs friends and loaded gun and goes and confronts him. Chases him around uh, the uh, the car with a butcher knife. Cops are called. Stuff like this just happens. You know, I know we're, I'm making a little bit of a joke about it, but it, it just kind of goes, again, to what we've talked about many times, of the culture inside the NFL of people that should know better, makes plenty of money, and to me, stuff like that just doesn't happen. To quote him, you know, stuff like this just happens, bro. Well, she did give him a new diamond pendant yesterday. Uh, you know, I mean, sometimes it's willing to you're willing to risk a uh, wife coming over with a gun or with a knife when it's time for an orgy, though, aren't you? I mean, you know, you got you to gotta weigh the pros and cons here. Orgy? Yeah, why a little mad when she finds out? I mean, yeah, you know, I think that's, that's, that's the worst thing that can happen here. Yeah, that's a chance I want to take. Oh, what is it with the Ravens and their ability to attract the, this this uh, type of a uh, personality? Uh, let's let's go uh, back to the NFL here on a little bit more serious note. The schedules were released this week. What are, are your overall thoughts? Uh, you know, in, uh, piggybacking off of what Matt said, you know, everybody thinks Tampa Bay is going to win the, the Super Bowl. Is that just because they've got uh, Gronk and, and – uh, Tom Brady, let's 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 step back from the past. Let them win some games. I, I get so tired of everybody saying, "Well, just because it's Tom Brady, they're going to win the Super Bowl." They've got to start the season. They've got to win the games. Now, does the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a favorable schedule? Yes, uh, but so does the Colts. And I think the Colts have. I mean, I I, I guess I'm I'm uh, one of these guys that are so all all in on Michael Pittman uh, with the Colts. I think the Colts did a great job in the in the draft, and I think we're going to see a great uh, showing of the Colts this year. Yeah, I mean, I've seen people, uh, you know, with uh, look at their record anywhere from seven and nine to ten and six. I just, I don't think people should get too excited yet, just because. You know, there's a lot of new pieces to the puzzle. Uh, you know, there's a, a couple tough games early on, but there's some. There's a pretty easy stretch where they've got to play. You know, the Jags, and the Jets, and the Bears. Uh, but uh, you know, you don't you don't want to get too complacent early on. 
when you have these teams you should beat and lose some of these games. You know, we saw the Colts a couple of years ago, you know, blow a, uh, one to the Jets early on. And, you know, losing those early on games to teams you should beat can hurt a team as they get late in the season. So, I mean, the Colts do have a pretty favorable schedule. Uh, at the Browns, could be a difficult game depending on what Browns team shows up this year. Uh, but, you know, they go see Detroit, they're terrible. The Bengals, they're terrible. Uh, Ravens come to town, uh, you know, early on in November, and that's going to be a real tough game. And you go that with the next week, uh, going to Nashville, playing the Titans, and then the Packers coming the week after that, and the Titans again. And then, you know, you get the uh, Texans and, and the Raiders. So <clears throat> there's a stretch midway on to this cold season that could be a real tr- uh, tough stretch for this team. I'm sorry, man. I got to turn your mic on. I apologize. Too many moving parts right now. Matt, uh, well, let's get your thoughts. I want to get some um, more thoughts on IndyCar with you. But let's get your thoughts on the on what you look at the Colts' schedule. You said you you don't think that the Colts are going to be as good as uh, uh, was was talked about in the national media. A lot of people are giving the Colts credit again because of the draft picks and because of Philip Rivers. But what are, what are your thoughts on the on the schedule releases? I'm not discounting that that Tom Brady can't take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to uh, the uh, Super Bowl, but just because Tom Brady's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers does not mean they're going to the Super Bowl. What are your thoughts? Well, the thing is, though, the thing about Rivers that scares me is in the news where he is now the head coach in waiting at some high school that he'll take over, football team that'll take over when he retires. I hadn't heard that, but that doesn't surprise me. That's pretty normal with a lot of big name players like that. So based on that, I don't know if you're going to get more than one year out of him. So then you got to question, well, is uh, Jacoby Brissett or Jake Easton going to be ready for 2021? Uh, and I'm not saying that it's going to be a one-and-done Rivers, but at the same time, I wouldn't say it's very impressive when he's thinking the football coaching jobs in waiting at this point which I think is kind of a, a double negative in that sense. But uh, all, ultimately right now, I think the question, though, is still about that offensive line for the Colts. I mean, yes, uh, you have Quentin Nelson, but Quentin Nelson can't play five positions at the same time on one play. So yeah, he can. He's done it. <laughs> that last year, it didn't work so well, Tom. I mean, even, uh, you know, our buddy uh, – Barry Krause uh, admitted that during one of the postgame shows. They can't do all the spots at the same time. And, uh, but uh, I think you look at that scenario, I think, yes, while this could be a team down the road, the best I could see maybe for this year, I would say, is either 8-8 or 9-7 for the Colts. And that's what you want to hear. But, unfortunately, I still think there's holes that need to be fixed on this team before they can become a legitimate uh you know, not just postseason contender, but a super. And did we lose Matt again? Matt, are you with us? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, okay. It sounds like we lost you. Well, real quickly, uh, finishing up on, on the IndyCar news. You know, here's the thing what we've had here. Uh, with IndyCar over the last few weeks is this eSports and this iSports. Uh, how seriously should we take this as a, as a fan? I think that what we've seen is the ability for this to maybe 
branch off into some sort of developmental series that we can see being used more often, and especially now that we know that they can televise it and monetize it. Well, the thing is, what the I, I racing challenge shows, there's more that got out in the league than just with Chip Ganassi racing and, and, and Team I mean, you saw Sage Karam have some good runs. You saw Marcus Erickson have some good runs. So it's not just, you know, a one-trick pony with the series like some people will lead you to believe. There are other teams in that series that can do damage. It's just a matter of, you know, having the necessary funds, necessary personnel, necessary equipment to be able to make it happen. And unfortunately, unlike in the virtual world where everything is equal, it's an unequal balance of power currently in any car and in any professional racing sport as it is real life anyway until that equalizes you're still going to have that where these talented drivers are going to kind of get lost in the shuffle like a stage carom will well let's talk a little bit about more about these uh, sports uh, coming out of hibernation uh we, we saw where larry silver issued a letter to the nba about the nba possibly uh, uh going to be running some games without uh, crowds. Uh, MLB has cut their draft to to, uh, to shorten has shortened their draft, I should say, uh, to uh, uh, to five rounds. Uh, so we're starting to see uh, teams come out and uh, be uh, a part of, of this this process. Uh, what are, what are your thoughts as the teams come out? What what should we look for? What what are what are the, the Realistic expectations, or what do we think should happen as a, as a fan? What what should should we expect? Maybe. Well, I mean, luckily the Miami Marlins have been, been preparing for this for seasons after seasons. I mean, they they draw about fifteen thousand fans a game, so social distancing should be no problem there. Uh, <laughs> you know, the uh, the it, it, it's going to be strange at first, but I think the people are going to be so happy to have sports back that it, it won't it won't bother us as much as we think it will. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see an NBA game where you get to hear everything the players are saying because there is no crowd making noise. Again, it'll be it'll be strange at first, and I think uh, I think we'll just be happy to have sports back to to where it, it won't bother us as much. I don't know how you uh, as a team if you're going to allow you know maybe 50% capacity or 25% capacity. How do you pick? Is it is it just season ticket holders? So. I think it will be strange to begin with, but, uh, you know, as we get back to normal, I think just having sports will be nice. It's, uh, you know, we've gone, what, 80-some days now or whatever it is without sports, and it's it's terrible, man. It, it's I, I find myself watching reruns of games that are on TV and wondering what the hell I'm doing with myself, but uh, I think I'd just be happy to have sports back at this point. Well, that brings us to our weekly question on the train wreck rut binge uh, that we're starting. I uh, have been introduced to Coyote Peterson. Now, he's the guy who let this uh, uh, murder hornet sting him. (laughs) uh, uh, But this was back a couple years ago on Animal Planet uh, that his show does. He does an extreme stuff. He lets animals sting and bite him and uh, the pain and dizziness that he was in, uh, but the, he called it the Japanese hornet or something. But it's just so that's the, that's the new uh, that's the new train wreck bench that I'm going to start this week. I'm just waiting to see when I get my 
murder hornet stimulus check. I just wonder how much those are going to be. <laughs> All right, Matthew, we'll give you a final word to you before we have to wrap it up and put the bowl on, on this segment. Uh, first of all, uh, any uh, wild binge shows that you're watching to kind of keep your keep yourself occupied? or been watching a lot of Price is Right from the past, a lot of Kentucky Derbys, Creek Stakes, Belmont Stakes. They get back into checking the indie stuff again, even though I've probably watched pretty much everything of it anyway, where I know what's going to happen beforehand. But, uh, yeah, just hang out and just wait. I'll be very curious to see what happens uh, looking down the road. I mean, we don't have the Indy 500 until August. We don't have the Kentucky Derby until late day weekend. But uh, a lot of things to look forward to. And, again, like I keep saying, be safe out there and follow the guidelines that are being set out there. And we will be back before you know it. But if you don't follow those guidelines, put everything at risk and all the fans at risk for not being able to see all the events that they know and love. So, again, all I can say is just be safe and listen to the guidelines so we can get back to action and full as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Matthew, I appreciate you joining us uh, uh, this week. Sorry we were, were cut short last week. Where can people find your work at Masterpieces? Twitter, M-A-T-T-E-M-B-U-R-Y, and uh, a lot of interesting stuff going on today, especially with that last virtual NASCAR race before they go real at uh, the old Wilkesboro track at 3 p.m. today. That's going to be an interesting event. All right, Matthew, have yourself a good weekend, and we'll, we'll catch up with you soon. Anytime, Tom. Matthew Embry, WSCTF himself, been our official IndyCar contributor. Uh, dealing with some audio difficulties today. Uh, blame them, just, we're going to blame everything officially on uh, the uh, corona. Uh, so, Mo, can you still hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you good. Okay, I'm going to – I think I got this problem fixed. So just stand by because I'm getting ready to ask you a question. If you don't hear me, I, I'll know because you won't answer me. So stand by. <laughs> All right. I guess I don't have the problem fixed. It'll have to be fixed off offline. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why my mic's not working. My headphones are working. I can hear everything, but I can't. Uh, nobody seems to be able to hear me. So, last no, blasting in. You sound good this way. That's open. <laughs> That's the last thing I need is a new microphone. That's going to be a pain in the in the tusky. I can't even get Amazon to deliver me bird seed. Supposed to be really? Wednesday. I, I, just, I ordered it two I, weeks ago. So <laughs> I see the Amazon guy like every day at my house now. Oh yeah, I get I get deliveries, but it's it's but the stuff that I really want to show up, it just seems to take forever. So I, I don't know. I'm so bored. That's that's about all I do anymore is buy crap on Amazon just because I'm so bored. Oh, I I I call it drunk Amazon ordering. Usually happens after eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night. <laughs> Yeah, I ordered a cell phone holder that I can clip to, like, a uh, coffee table so I don't have to hold my phone the other day. Uh, what, the, uh, what the hell do I need that for? So, yeah, I ordered a new mop. And I ordered some uh, just all kinds of stuff I've ordered off of Amazon and just try to see if we can't get Amazon to come every day just so I can see some humans. <laughs> Same here. All right, Mo, the BS Sports Show. Where can people find your work at Masterpiece, sir? 
Well, evidently lately it's at Amazon.com, but normally uh, on Twitter <laughs> I'm on a radio show. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon, and have yourself a good weekend. Hopefully we'll get out of, get out of all of this real soon. Bye, right, buddy. You too. All right. Most of the BS Sports Show joins us. And Matthew Embry, WSBT in South Bend. Coming up, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to break down the preseason schedule and the schedule and the NFL news right here on the Balance Radio Network. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. For unbelievable... Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home.
All right, and welcome back to the Balance 30 Minutes in the books, in the can, and we are slowly unhibernating as our show goes to 90 minutes uh, as we uh, will be beginning our NASCAR conversation, which kicks back off again next weekend, and then, of course, IndyCar in June. Thank you to Matthew Embry, WSBT of the South End, our official IndyCar contributor, uh, bringing us up to speed on all that and most of the BS Sports Show uh, joining us as well to talk a little bit about, uh, well, just about the sports outcoming, outcoming of hibernation. But joining us now is Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, who may be in hibernation but have been very busy getting ready for the NFL uh, preseason. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. How is you, sir? Hey, um, uh, you know, it feels like a day to go back into hibernation here in Philadelphia. It's like uh, colder today than it was on Christmas morning. I don't, I don't know what's going on. They were calling for some snow, snow showers north of here uh, overnight. But thankfully, we don't have any snow here in May. How weird would that be? I mean, it's already been a strange 2020. So I yeah, guess that would be well, par for well, the course. Well, more. What more could happen? I got up and took the dogs out and looked at the temperature. It was 28 degrees. Weird thing about it is, weird thing about it, by the end of the day, it's supposed to be up to about 55. So, <laughs> wow. that's, in, uh, that's uh, Indiana for you. Yeah, a heat wave. <laughs> heat wave. That's yeah. right. Well, we we saw the schedules get released this week. Uh, uh, certainly, again, everybody's still swinging on the balls of Tom Brady. Uh, we we we. We're going to go ahead and give the Lombardi Trophy to to the Buccaneers. There's no sense in anybody else playing games. It's already done and said. But <laughs> it just amazes me how all of a sudden that we've never talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl. And, and, and I don't know how long. But now all of a sudden, because there's, there's Brady and Gronk, well, guess who's going to win the Super Bowl? It's got to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's start in your background, though. Uh, back, backyard there with the Philadelphia Eagles and their schedule release, and we know they're scheduled to play the Colts in the preseason if the preseason games uh, go uh, uh, go as planned. Uh, right now, it looks like everything is is uh, on schedule to, to happen. But let's talk a little bit about the Eagles and their preseason activities um, and uh, the schedule uh, uh, release. And, and what are your thoughts on the schedule? Uh, it looks like a very, pretty favorable schedule for the Eagles. Uh, well, they don't play Tom, Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, thank goodness. Um, you know that would be that'd be a loss for sure. Tampa Bay is going to go sixteen and zero. It looks like, but uh, no, I, <laughs> I, I'll say you know the Eagles' schedule it's challenging. There's you know I, I mean there's some really tough stretches in there. I, uh, starting October fourth, they have to go to San Francisco, who was in the Super Bowl, and then they go to Pittsburgh, who. I don't know how good they're going to be. I mean, they, Pittsburgh seems to think Ben Roethlisberger is going to play forever at 38. And the guy, you know, he's not in the best shape even when he was younger, and now he's getting older. It's going to be interesting to see how long he's able to stay upright this year. But anyway, they go to Pittsburgh, and then they uh, then they come home and play the Ravens, who, you know, have the easiest schedule by a lot of people's estimates. Um, but that's a pretty tough stretch, Niners, Steelers, Ravens. And then on November 30th, right after Thanksgiving, they play three more tough teams. They have to play Russell Wilson on Monday Night Football and the Seahawks. The Eagles have never beaten Russell Wilson. They're four, uh, zero and four against that quarterback. And then they have, on a short week they have to go to Green Bay and play Aaron Rodgers. And then they come home and play Drew Brees and the Saints. So 
you know, I'm not sure how easy this schedule is. I think it's very challenging in parts. And, you know, they, they finish up with two out of their last three games on the road, starting in Arizona, you know, right before Christmas. And then after Christmas, they go to Dallas, uh, which could be for the division title. Um, last year, Dallas came here on the next to last game of the season. They All they needed to win win a game in Philly to clinch the NFC East, and they couldn't put the ball in the end zone. The Eagles kept them out of the end zone. The Eagles won, and they went on to win the NFC East. So this year, the, the, the shoe is going to be on the different foot, possibly. Maybe the Eagles will go to Dallas looking to wrap up the NFC East and uh, need a win in Dallas, and Dallas returns the favor. So who knows? Uh, you know, Hopefully we get to that point, though. Well, certainly uh, an article uh, that I noticed uh, on online uh, from the uh, 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 SB Nation in the um, – I can't remember who wrote it now. But anyway, the article was talking about the, the Philadelphia Eagles is the most improved team in the NFC East. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I think they saw it. Was that the Ringer that wrote that? I think it was the, the Ringer. Ringer. That's right. That Thank out. you so much. Yes, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. No, I um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what their basis was. I didn't read it. I just kind of saw the headline and kept on going. But um, I mean, they did do some interesting things in the draft. They added a lot of speed to this roster, um, which when they lost to Sean Jackson last year in the first game really bogged that offense down. They had nobody that could get deep and stretch the field. So, you know, they had to work these long methodical drives and convert third downs to have success on offense, but they didn't have that big strike capability, which is what they want with Wentz. You know, Wentz has a very good arm. Um, He's able to get the ball deep. We saw that when Deshaun Jackson was on the field. He scored two touchdowns deep, both over 50 yards in his only game that he played last year. But now, they've kind of steeled themselves against the fact that Jackson probably won't play 16 games because he never does. But now they have Jalen Rager who they picked in the first round. Who's a absolute speed threat, uh, probably the second, second fastest guy in the draft. And then they took two receivers that are very fast at the end of the draft. Uh, one from Boise state, John Hightower, and another one from uh, Southern Miss and Quez Watkins. Not only are they fast, but they had a lot of production at those two schools. And then they traded for, you know, the, probably the fastest man on the planet, Marquise Goodwin, uh, who, you know, was a three-time NCAA triple jump or maybe it was a long jump champion when he was at Texas. And his problem has been injuries. He can't stay healthy. But if he ever puts it together, you know, that guy can fly too. So, you know, this Eagles offense is going to be very fast, and that's going to make it very hard for teams to defend because uh, when you have two guys in Rager and Jackson, if they can fly down the field, you're going to open up the underneath stuff for – your slot receiver, Greg Warden, of course, the two tight ends, uh, Ertz and Goddard, who combined for 11 touchdowns last year. So, I, you know, they on offense, I think they got better. Um, on defense, I think there's still some question marks. Um, very light at the defensive end position. Uh, after Derek Barnett, who's kind of battled injuries since being a first-round pick, and Brandon Graham, who's 32 now, uh, they don't – it's a cast of thousands at the defensive end. Now, maybe they go out and sign Jadavian Clowney or Everson Griffin to kind of bring in, you know, a, a, another presence on the end. Uh, but that's going to be interesting to see. And then the linebacker core is very young. Um, so I'm not sure how much they did to improve on defense. That remains to be seen. And as far as the most improved team in the NFC, I, 
just on the surface, I'm going to have to disagree with that, to be honest. I, I don't know who that most improved team would be, be, maybe Dallas. I know they lost some pieces, but they did a good job in the draft. Maybe the Lions. Um, they could be an improved team. So I, I don't know. I'd have to study that. But I, I on just on first glance, I don't think it's the Eagles. Well, you know, you mentioned the Cowboys, and the Cowboys certainly did well in the draft, no doubt about it. I think they probably did one of the best in the in the draft. That said, plus uh, just a little bit after Christmas in week uh, 16, I believe, uh, that's got to be a game that you guys got circled that says, that, you know, maybe it's a must-win game. Maybe it's not a must-win as far as the schedule goes, uh, as far as, you know, the playoffs goes and that sort of thing. But I would think beating Dallas at Dallas uh, just after Christmas is an, is an important a moment on the calendar this year. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's why the NFL always puts Dallas late and Dallas in the middle. You know, those two teams always play each other somewhere in the middle. And then I, at late, that, that game you're talking about, week 16, you know, it's scheduled at 425, but I could see that being switched to a night game uh, again in Dallas just because I think it will have consequences. It always it always seems to anyway, and there's a lot of work, obviously, that needs to be done for both teams to get to making that a meaningful game. But uh, it, it, that seems to be kind of the path that we're on, is that that's going to be for probably all the marbles in the NFC East. And, uh, you know, like I said, Dallas had it right in their grasp last year when they came to Philadelphia, and they laid a big goose egg. Uh, couldn't do anything, which was really surprising. I, you know, the Eagles were really banged up, and, uh, playing with, you know, JV-type wide receivers, and somehow they found a way to win because their defense rose to the occasion. So, you know, Dallas, if it comes down to it this, this season, week 16, they're they're going to think of that game, and they're going to try try their best to avenge what happened to them last year against Philly in Philly. Well, let's uh, kind of walk around the NFL. And, you know, I think one of the, the games is in week 15 that a lot of uh, people are watching. And I think just completely – if you're looking at teams to watch in the NFL throughout the year, and it has promising notes, Tampa Bay Buccaneers aside, you got to look at the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes uh, signed a, a, a big deal for five years, so he's going to be around there for a while. Clearly, he's going to be their franchise quarterback. They've got the Saints in Week 15. That's going to be a game to watch, a must-see game between two of the best offenses in the NFL. Yeah, you know, it's, that's an interesting game because the Saints, uh, they're going to be on the road in the three weeks before that game. They go to Denver, they go to Atlanta, they come to Philadelphia, all on the road. So three straight road games, and then they go home to play the Chiefs. So, um, you know, we'll see how that looks. They're certainly going to be happy to be home after being away for three straight weeks. But, you know, the, the, that three-game road trip is going to be a grind. And, you know, you're talking about, quarterback and Drew Brees you know you hope you hope he's healthy at that point and we're not looking at Taysom Hill um, you know playing against Patrick Mahomes or whoever you know you never know with the, with the quarterbacks there always seems to be one or two that gets injured and um, you know I'm not saying that's going to happen but I just I, I, I wonder about Brees you know I know this is his last year and I, I just hope he can for the grind and he you know he can operate that offense to where it's supposed to be operated. I mean, that's a good team, New Orleans. I thought they were going to go to the Super Bowl last year. Um, and that's going to be a real good matchup. That that could be a Super Bowl preview type matchup. But it's just going to be interesting to me when New Orleans has to go home after three straight weeks. I mean, you know they're going to be fired up, you hope. And, uh, you know, that could be trouble for the Chiefs if that's the case. 
Well, absolutely. Let's play a homer card here. Uh, Philip Rivers is here. Michael Pittman. I'm all I'm all in on Michael Pittman, and they they say if you can win the press conference, you know that's a that's a good sign. And he did very well with the press here locally. They seem to like him. A lot of good things talking about him. Philip Rivers uh, in his first season with the Colts, uh, but he's been with the, the Chargers for the for the last 16 years, and so. Certainly, uh, a lot of talk uh, about ESPN released an article that he's uh, a head coach in waiting at a high school. Uh, That's fine in a year from now. Uh, We only signed him for a year. So I I think we're we're looking to see where our young rookie is going to end up at. Uh, Certainly, things change. But the Colts, I think, have a very good offseason, had a very good offseason, and they have a very good line set up. I think they've given a lot of improvements. Uh, and, you know, a lot, a lot of the uh, Colt fans are, are Philip Rivers haters, and and for the dumbest reasons. At least we got some real reasons to hate Tom Brady. But the biggest reasons why Colt fans will say that they don't like uh, uh, Philip Rivers is his arrogant attitude when he came to Indianapolis back in 2009, I believe it was, when he yelled at the fans and said, "I'll be back, I'll be back," thumping his chest, and now he here he is and. Uh, and that just seems to be where everybody keeps landing on. Why don't you like Philip Rivers? Well, this is why. Well, he, he he's a moderately he's a band aid quarterback, and we always like to to judge our quarterbacks. In the there's one hand, have they ever won a Super Bowl, and then the other hand, have they never won a Super Bowl? And if they've never won a Super Bowl, they're not a good quarterback. They're just not because we're, we're Peyton Manning spoiled. Uh, but you know, certainly though, but. I, I think that the, that the Colts will end up somewhere around a 10 and 6 mark. I mean, we start off with the Jags and then the Vikings and the Jets and the Bears and the Browns and the Bagels. All of those are, are what I think are good, solid wins. Uh, then we have the bye in October. Uh, but then things start to get a, a little bit more shaky ground, if you will. Uh, we've got the, the Ravens. It's going to be difficult. The Titans are going to be difficult. The Packers are going to be difficult. Uh, so, again, the Texans and then the, the Raiders, again, have proved difficulty with us in the past. The Steelers uh, in December. Uh, so, you know, we've got the 16th hardest schedule in the NFL. So here's where, where I want to say, uh, tying it all back to Phillip Rivers, fans need to know we're probably not going to the Super Bowl this year. I mean, that's already been promised to Tom Brady and the, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> I can't stop with it, man. I just can't stop with it. But, but if, we have a, if we have a 10 and 6 season, which I think is very, very doable, and that's not exaggerating any numbers, those, those are just going out winning games that I think that we can win. For Phil Rivers on a one year contract, I, I don't know that, for, that, that fans have reason to. Be a hater of Philip Rivers at that point. Well, if if he takes it to a Super Bowl, he'll be uh, you know he'll have a statue oh, yeah. outside of Lucas yeah, Oil for sure. I mean, statue, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. And I, you know what? I wouldn't be so quick to write him off. I know you say that tongue in cheek with Tom Brady and the and the Buccaneers, but you know, I, I I like the Colts. I mean, I like their coaching staff and. Um, you know, the, the draft that they had, uh, you know, Pittman, I'm not real sold on, but, you know, I didn't see the pressure, so I didn't have that chance to fall in love. So um, I don't know. I, I, I just, 
I'm not sure if he's the answer. I mean, he'll help for sure. I mean, I would hope he would. I mean, he was a second-round pick and uh, 34th guy taken overall. But I, I really like the pick of um, uh, John T- Jonathan Taylor, the running back. I mean, behind that offensive line, that guy's going to really eat, I think, this year. I mean, you know, I don't think Philip Rivers is going to have to throw the ball more than 30 times that often. At least I would hope that would be Frank Reich's game plan um, is to just feed Taylor and – uh, who else do you have on that running in the running back spot there? Um, his name I'm drawing a blank for for the Colts. Um, there, but they you know they've got other guys that, that can carry the load too. Um, but but John, no, I, Jonathan Taylor, I I like a lot. Jonathan oh Taylor. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You're thinking of <laughs> I've got a brain fart too. I and, and it's just because it's it's too early in the morning to to use any brain cells. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but, but but you know, you'll they'll, they'll have some guys. I mean, they'll they'll they'll, they'll um, uh, I would think that they're they're going to try to use kind of a committee approach. I mean, that's kind of the approach Frank Reich like oh, when he was in that, uh, yeah. Philadelphia. I mean, I think that's a good approach. You know, like teams like the Cowboys like to rely on one guy, and even the Giants. You know, they've got those two power runners in Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott, but. Um, you know, those guys tend to wear down and they don't have productive games all 16. I mean, Derrick Henry maybe might be the anomaly on that. I mean, that guy's just a, you know, a beast and he's in your division. So, so good luck, you know, tackling him, but you have Darius Leonard to make the tackles on him. Who's, you know, who's a fantastic linebacker, but I, you know, I like what the Colts did. That offensive line is terrific. I mean, that's one of the best in the league and that's a great starting point. And I like what they did on the defensive uh, line by adding the guy from the 49ers um, Buckner, um, that's going to help Im- immensely. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's a navig- you know, the schedule. They can navigate that schedule and get maybe, like you said, the ten and six, and hopefully get into the to the playoffs and uh, and, and make some noise there. Um, you know, it's going to be like I said, it's going to be interesting. It's a shame the Eagles won't be. Well, who knows? Maybe the Eagles will be there for the first preseason game, but but I don't know. It's three months away. No decisions have been made, but that. You know, I'd like to see the Colts. I like to see Frank Reich, good good guy to talk to from time to time. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be so quick, quick to write off the Colts. I, I like the Colts. Um, trying to find their running backs here that are, are skip- Marlon, uh, Marlon Mack. <laughs> that's the guy you were thinking of. Yeah. Thank you, Melissa. <laughs> Melissa is in, in the background, uh, and she was quick on the draw for us, and she just let me know that it was Marlon Mack, Big Mac. Yes, and, and Big Mac. Yeah, Mac and Taylor, and then I think Naeem Hines is another one, right? Is he still on the yeah, team? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I really like that. And I think that the, that the Colts were smart, you know, and Reich is smart. I mean, you're going to try to run the ball, and you're going to try to keep Rivers, get him through 16 games and uh, be fresh late in the season and, and into the playoffs, you hope, by, by not putting so much pressure on him to do too much and let that running game eat behind that, that big, strong offensive line. Well, I think the eye that's still left to be dotted with the Colts is the outstanding question of Adam Vinatieri. Uh, I, and there's certainly the, the ability where I think that they want to allow Adam Vinatieri to leave on his own will, but he's got some rehab to do. And, and really, I think that they're going to leave the decision up to him. Now, I, I, I just don't see that they're going to force him out if he wants to now, maybe he won't get as much playing time. We'll see how that plays out. I know that in the in the weekly press conference this week, which has uh, all been done virtually, <laughs> uh, but Frank Reich said that, uh, you know, they're just going to monitor the 
the rehab situation and see how that goes with Adam Vinatieri. But I think a lot of people want to see him just to to ride off into the sunset and get that that gold jacket because it, a lot of times you hang on and then things start declining and then you're remembered for the decline that, as opposed to the achievements with Adam Vinatieri. What are your thoughts? Should he stay or should he go now? Well, he he wants to stick around. I mean, you know, uh, he's a free agent too. So, I mean, the Colts have no obligation to him. Um, but I don't know who the Colts field goal kicker is going to be, who their kicker will be. I'm sure they signed somebody, but um, they're, they might look to bring him back. Another team might look to bring him back, but he still wants to play. And like you said, he's got to go through that rehab and, 47 years old, man. That's a lot of mileage on that leg. I don't, you don't, you're right. You don't want to be remembered. You don't want to be remembered for your, you know, the, the declining years. I know one of my big heroes growing up was Steve Carlton, the pitcher for the Phillies, big lefty who I love to watch pitch every fifth day, man. He was an intimidating presence on the mound, but then he just hung on too long. He went to the White Sox and kind of floundered. And, um, you know, I think people's, maybe more people the younger than me remember the Steve Carlton who was kind of you know just kind of not very good because he really did fade toward the end of the career and you're right you don't want Adam Vinatieri to kind of ride out on a down note but uh he kind of is doing that he didn't have a real good year last year so maybe he wants to come back and try to redeem himself in some way uh with some team I don't know who it'll be maybe the Colts um, or maybe he'll be a guy that kind of comes in after one of the team's kicker struggles early. Maybe someone's making, uh, you know, not having a good season two, three, four weeks into the year, and they're like, let's just get rid of you and bring in Adam Vinatieri. He's still out there. I could see that being a situation where, right. you know, maybe Adam's not on the team to start the year, but as the season goes on and teams start to see some struggles from their incumbent kickers that they move on and maybe bring in Adam. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. And I, I, I don't think that if he doesn't stay with the Colts, it's going to be only his choice because he is a free agent. You're right. We don't owe him any obligations. But I think that they would like to work something out with him to end his his career here. Uh, but to wrap it up, put a bowl on it, obviously, uh, uh, some of the biggest winners of the schedule. We've talked about uh, the Buccaneers with Tom Brady and uh, signing with down there with Bruce Arians and, and – uh, Got, got uh, five uh, primetime slots, uh, but so did the Patriots. So I think the world wants to see uh, the pay, uh, how the Patriots do post-Brady and how the Buccaneers do uh, with uh, Brady. So I think Tom Brady allowed both teams to get some uh, national games. The Chiefs, obviously a lot of people are going to be watching them as uh, people are beginning to uh, make their Super Bowl picks already, and the Chiefs are going to be in that conversation, and, and Patrick Mahomes is going to make his magic. The Ravens uh, appear to have a, a, a smooth road in spite of the Earl Thomas distraction. Did you hear about that? Oh, sure. How could you not? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Did you, you know. We were talking about this. We were talking about this earlier. Okay, so uh, here's what happens: wife pulls gun on on husband. Okay, perfectly normal, right? Bitches be crazy, right? But his his uh, his uh, press conference was like none other. He was like, "Oh, prayers go out to my family. It's been a very deeply troubling time, and and uh, you know things like this just happen, bro." No, bro, they yeah. don't happen. And here's the other backstory. He gets in a fight. He leaves with his brother, goes to an Airbnb, and he invites uh, a bunch of women over. Um, uh, 
that they have names for. <laughs> and they uh, <laughs> begin to have an orgy. We'll call it that, an orgy. Uh, wife climbs out. Wife grabs friend, grabs gun, grabs butcher knife, shows up at Airbnb, uh, points gun at, <laughs> at husband, has an orgy with husband, I mean with brother, and chasing husband around uh, the car with a butcher knife. Yeah, things like this just happen, bro. I got to end it on that, man. It just... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, that's, oh that's the craziest story, man. That's the crazy, and the culture, or, or the uh, Ravens are trying to move on from from him now. They're yeah. trying to look at the fine print in his contract to see if he violated anything to to eliminate that distraction. Yeah. But, you know, the Ravens are also a, a team that's mentioned in the Antonio Brown sweepstakes. You know, the Antonio Brown's still out there, and the Ravens are one of those teams yeah. that are looking hard. So I mean, you know, I don't understand what they're doing. You know, to have these kinds of distractions on a on a team that's built for a Super Bowl. Uh, contention, but it's a great. It's been a great off-season story for Earl Thomas, and that's gonna that's gonna tail him, no pun intended, for yeah. uh, you know well, into the into the training camps. Well, they're gonna put they're gonna put in the in the new NFL contract. Uh, cannot marry uh, crazy bitches, and no orgies are allowed. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you're gonna have to write something like that in. Uh, uh, people find your work in masterpieces. We appreciate you joining us today, sir. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, you can hit me on uh, Twitter, Kratzy, uh, at K-R-A-C-Z-E, or hit me up at uh, SI.com, uh, and you can find my work there. So uh, either place. I tweet, I put I put all my links on Twitter anyway. So uh, All right, buddy. We'll stay warm out there. Today. All right. <laughs> yeah, you too, man. Hope you're not to shovel any hope, hope you're not to shovel any snow. <laughs> yeah, really. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Ed Kratz, Pete Riders for the Philadelphia Eagles. We are coming out of hibernation. NASCAR is coming back next week, and we're bringing back our official NFL contributor uh, out of hibernation as well. Steve uh, Wilson from uh, Speedway Digest joins us. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. My name is Tom Marcos, El Presidente. Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Okay, okay. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. We're open, just pass the ball. 
Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Welcome back to The Balance. One hour in the books, and for the first time in a long time, we're going to move past that one-hour mark as we uh, uh, begin to pull ourselves out of hibernation in the world of, of sports, and more and more sports are, are coming alive. And one of those sports is NASCAR uh, coming back to Texas. Uh, I believe it's Texas. I'm sorry. Next week, uh, with uh, no fans, but, hey, we've got some racing on the track that isn't a video game. Steve Wilson. From Speedway Digest, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, and our official NASCAR contributor. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Hey, man, you know, surviving our our uh, two-month vacation, right? Corona vacation. Uh, you been working hmm. from home? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I've been locked down like everybody else has. Okay. So. Yeah, I've been working from home for, for two months, and, you know what? I've really only left my house twice, but thank God for Amazon and and everything else. So I'm I'm I've been good, but you know I'm ready to I'm ready to get some some sports going. I'm ready to get some things going, and a lot of things are are coming out of hibernation as we as we just mentioned. Uh, but NASCAR is one of them. Uh, well, let's 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 get up to speed. I, I I know, and no pun intended there, but I know we've been watching a lot of uh, the the i i races and i, I I'm not opposed to them, but like you have said to me offline, you know, it's just a video game. And But how seriously should we be taking that as fans, I mean, or NASCAR? I mean, is this a, a – and we talked a little bit about this with IndyCar as well. Is this a, another platform that NASCAR can use to to sell sponsorship and to monetize uh, what, it, what we now know can be seen very easily on television? Um, really, I'm not sure yet. I think it's, um, it, it's something that NASCAR kind of figured they could supplement the live racing for, and, um, the, the networks themselves have been able to, uh, fill some airtime with, uh, this, uh, with these, uh, events that they've had over the last seven, eight weeks or so. Um, but long term. I just don't. I just don't see how it competes with live racing. I just don't see where it's going to draw the revenue. It's going to draw the eyeballs to the TV, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Um, so I think it'll get relegated again to you know something that they run uh, middle of the week, late at night, after a race on the weekend, whatever the case may be. Um, I just don't see it 
getting the primetime viewership or the primetime slots um, that currently has. I think we'll see it kind of, I don't think it'll go to the dustbin by any means. I just think that we're going to start seeing it relegated to uh, other time slots that may not be as favorable. So the so the e-racing finale happens this weekend. And, and you know, it, it, this is where, where I feel like that they could maybe benefit. They are, are going to be running in Wilkesboro, which there hasn't been a race there since 1996. I see the ability to be able to maybe run races in tracks that they don't run anymore. What are your thoughts? Well, when it comes to Wilkesboro, I mean, it's a it's a unique situation where, yeah, there hasn't been races there since 1996. But, um, I mean, that this is an opportunity. I think you know, for for years we we've um, you know a lot of fans have said that you know we should have never left there in the first place and. Uh, I think if uh, you know, but by, by based on social media and everything that's going on around having the finale there, that it's kind of hyped um, not just I racing up, but hyped the facility and the interest in the facility yet again. Where um, I think if it draws off, uh, just smashes all the records from all the previous six or seven weeks or whatever the case it is, uh, I think NASCAR and Everybody will have to start taking a real hard look as to um, – I don't think they can continue to you know, ignore the fans on what they're asking for, and I think they'll have to take that hard look. Um, what can we do to start maybe going back to some of these places that NASCAR for fans have said for years that, well, why don't you race here anymore? I know it needs upgrades. I know it needs this. I know it needs that. But you know, I'd rather see a race there than see a race at – pick a track, whatever that is, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody has mm-hmm. that different track that they don't want to see a race at. So uh, I I think that, you know, I think that that may enter into the conversation after today. So, you know, again, we, we look at some of the positive and negatives of things. Uh, this whole issue with Kyle Larson, for example, would have never happened if we, in a normal situation, just probably. We can't, I can't never say never, they say. But I would say it wouldn't have happened under a normal situation. Did NASCAR come down too hard or just right with Kyle Larson? And don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not saying what he said was right. But sometimes people do say things that they should have thought about in in the world that we live in now. That maybe they use within their own groups, whether or not the the word is right or wrong. That's not for the debate here. I think that there's a lot of people who use that word and shouldn't use that word and that word maybe should never be used. So it is what it is, but did NASCAR come down too hard on Kyle Larson for his racial slur in the, in the iRacing incident? I don't think necessarily NASCAR came down too hard on him because they were pretty consistent on the fact of what they did by suspending him and asking him to go through sensitivity training that they had done with other uh, of drivers in the past, Jeremy Clemens comes to mind just a couple of years ago with the same thing kind of happened there where he said that word and uh, he was suspended, had to go through the sensitivity and training and everything like that. What I think it came down too hard is I think corporate America did. Um, and the, Ganassi then bowed to the pressure of corporate America where, um, 
you know, the slightest slip up, you know, justifies ruining somebody's life. And, you know, cancel culture that's out there has really accelerated that. And uh, for anybody that, you know, I guess hasn't watched the Dave Chappelle special on this, uh, where, you know, he said that he's one of the only people in America that could get away with saying some of the things he is because nobody can bring him down. Um, you know, that's kind of true in some some cases. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I just think that everybody uh, was too quick to just cancel out Kyle Larson and ruin an entire lifetime of uh, accomplishments over uh, a mistake. And I think he should have been given the opportunity to learn from that mistake and the opportunity to grow from that mistake and just not throw him under the bus and, you know, just be done with it and just ruin an, an entire person's life. So, you know, there was a lot of things going on on Twitter during this time. I don't know that this is a fair assessment, but it does give a perception that what what a lot of people who aren't diehard NASCAR fans think about NASCAR. They kind of think that, hey, that this is normal vocabulary. Look at where they, where they started from. Look at the, where their roots at. Look at where, where their fan base is. Nobody should be surprised that somebody in NASCAR would use this word. I think that's pretty much a, an, an unfair assessment, don't you think? I mean, you know, I was watching, you know, some of the things on social media that people were saying and, you know, people saying those types of things, it was obvious they had never watched a race a day in their life. I mean, these are the people that professionally spend their days on Twitter and social media complaining mm-hmm. about somebody or something, and the majority of them, um, you know, or they see somebody with a blue check out there and make some derogatory remark about whatever has you know, uh, irritated them or whatever has offended them today. And you see all these people and it's, you, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. You see the same people over and over and over again, whatever the hashtag of the day is, they're usually offended by whatever the hashtag of the day is. And, uh, maybe a small percentage of them watch NASCAR or know about NASCAR or whatever the case may be. But, uh, I mean, you know, when you when you see the same people being offended every day by whatever the hashtag of the day is, you know, I, I don't necessarily take whatever they have to say too seriously. Well, NASCAR is going to return next weekend, and I think I said Texas because I got it confused with uh, IndyCar. Uh, but isn't it Darlington that they're coming back at? Yeah, they'll run it. They're going to run Darlington starting next uh, Sunday, the seventeenth. Oh, and Kyle Larson, by the way, just for an FYI update on him, I guess he's going to be racing with the World of Outlaws. So uh, apparently there is still some uh, space out there for him him to race. So let's talk a little bit about Darlington. Let's talk a little bit about the teams and how they've been. And, and, and one thing that I'll say about this iRacing, maybe it's kept everybody in the race mode. It's kept everybody kind of uh, alert and in practice because a, a lot of drivers use these simulators for practice anyway. So I think it's kept a lot of drivers up to speed. But getting back on the track, what kind of adjustments are the teams going to have to do? No fans. That's a big adjustment, obviously. But that's more of an adjustment for us as fans as it is for uh, the, the teams because, you know, they're going to be out there doing their thing, whether or not there's there's people on the in the track or not because many times there's – just depending on the race, qualifying, or whatever, there's not a lot of fans in there. So it's not going to change on how they do things. But how's this time off? How are fans, uh, I mean, how are teams going to regel and put things back together and get back in the shop and start working on their cars and start getting things back into real time uh, race mode 
you know, a lot's got to happen over the next week. What's going on in the shops? Well, I mean, it hadn't even been until recently where they were even allowed back in the shops to begin with. So they've only been back for maybe a week or so um, with all the lockdowns going in in North Carolina. But uh, I think it'll be interesting that these these cars are going to be prepped in the shop. They're going to drop them at the track and go race. No practice, no qualifying. Um, driver's just going to jump in the car and go race. So, uh uh, you know, it'll be different that we're running, you know, a 400-mile race um, at Darlington. So, you know, we've we've ran 400-mile races many years ago, but, you know, most of these drivers weren't even around when we ran 400-mile races at Darlington. So um, I, I think it'll be interesting. I think uh, it's going to be unique uh, over the next, what, so we're going to have, what, six or seven races over 10 days or something like that. Um, so uh, the only race that, they, that they're going to even get to qualify in is the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte, and that's not going to be for uh, a week and a half. Well, now, probably close to two weeks from now, but um, uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of adjustments where these teams are going to um, they, the the crews the crews themselves are going to be at the racetrack or just going to be coming into this thing blind and it's I think it'll be interesting I I want to see how this all works out I want to see if this is a model that NASCAR can kind of work off in the future where you know maybe we don't just drop the cars off at the racetrack and go race but maybe we drop the cars off in the morning qualify race and then go home at the end of the day and and maybe get some more one-day shows out of this, and maybe this is a good test run for that. So how how have we been doing as far as the point standings and the points and standings go during this iRacing? Are they getting regular points for wins and laps led and, and their normal scoring bases? Or did everything go on pause? How did, how did they handle that? So, I mean, as far as national series points, everything is just really on pause. And this whole pro invitational thing has been more of a fun way for drivers to get out there and keep some of their sponsors out in the forefront. And uh, I know a couple of people have gone out there and been putting score, I mean, sorry, um, point standings together on who's winning or who's leading and who's doing all the things. But, you know, this has been just more of a fun thing uh, with no points or wins attached to it. Well, certainly excited about getting racing uh, back and going and getting back in the full throttle, no pun intended, uh, of, of everything moving. Let's let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the uh, drivers. We look at this being the last year for Jimmy Johnson. We also saw Jimmy Johnson make an appearance in IndyCar. Uh do we see a future with IndyCar and, and Jimmy Johnson or just maybe some isolated races? Um, but what, what are your thoughts, Jimmy Johnson, as he wraps up his career, uh, magnificent Hall of Fame career inside of NASCAR, but we're seeing maybe uh, poke around over there at the IndyCar uh, series? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, Jimmy Johnson is a guy that's pretty versatile in anything that he races, so... I mean, when he finishes up in NASCAR, maybe he does pick a race or something out there and uh, any car that he feels comfortable enough with driving and, and eye racing kind of gives you, you know, at least some kind of uh, 
experience into how these cars handle and the setups in these cars. So maybe he uses this experience to figure out where he feels the most comfortable running at. And um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't show up maybe once or twice and get in an Indy car somewhere and go race. Uh, whether he shows up for the Indy 500 or not, I think that's a different story, but I think he'll maybe pick something out there that uh, maybe doesn't have as many eyeballs onto it, and it's just something more that he can go out there and uh, feel like he can uh, race more freely and uh, have a good time with weather rather than trying to, uh, you know, the the stressful three weeks in Indy that, you know, leads up to it and then, you know, a 500-mile race out there. So, uh yeah, I I, I, will, um, may, I I could see him getting into something like that, and you know he's uh, he's been on dirt bikes and all kinds of stuff throughout his Baja cars throughout of his life. So um, you know maybe he goes back and does something like that, but uh, or maybe he shows up for an Xfinity rent, an event or truck event sometime in the future in NASCAR. But I think he'll, uh, all those events, whatever he does, I think they'll just be more fun type events more than, you know, trying to be too serious about them. And, uh, you know, uh, like, you know, the Daytona 500s or the Indy 500s, I think he'll probably skip something like that and go for something more that's, you know, more laid back. So NASCAR has announced uh, some very uh, fierce uh, punishments to teams uh, that break the Corona-19 our uh, COVID-19, I'm sorry, uh, protocols that are put in place so that they can begin racing again between $10,000 and $50,000 fines could be levied to teams who do not uh, obey the, the uh, protocols put in place uh, and breaches of the COVID-19 uh, protocols. How seriously are the teams going to take that? And and how, how serious is NASCAR about levying these fines against teams that, that might violate these rules? Well, I think the teams have to take it as seriously as they can, and um, you know NASCAR is going to use the entire infield to to stage um, these cars and the drivers uh, at Darlington and Charlotte. So, uh, you know NASCAR is going to put in every uh, safety protocol that they can in order to keep everybody safe and. Uh, you know, uh, payroad can get tight, and I, I think, uh, you know, they're going to be mindful and they're going to be watching. And, um, you know, I'm sure that somebody will slip up out there and maybe they don't, you know, have everything 100%, you know. And I I think this first race back that um, I, I, I see them going both ways into this, that, you know, they need to make an example out of somebody to say, look, you know, you got to be doing what we're asking you to do it. But at the same time, we're in a in a new world where this people are still trying to make the adjustments and they're trying to uh, get comfortable with the way the new world is. Um, so maybe they pull that first person they see aside and say, hey, look, you know, you didn't have the, the mask covering your nose. It was on your mouth, but it wasn't your nose. Can you just, you know, tighten that up a little bit and, you know, have a little conversation with them and, uh, you know, move on. And if they see it again, then they'll crack down on it. So uh, I can see it going two ways. And I don't, I don't think you should be, I, I think you have to have something 
where you're you're you you could go after these crew members and everybody with, but at the same time, I think you need to also kind of you know realize that you know we're living in a new world and people are just getting out of the house and adjusting to the way that it is. So uh, uh, maybe 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 there's room to to educate these people more so than crack the hammer down onto them at the get go. But the longer we go with this, and I could see the more. Uh, hammer being dropped on these people because you can only educate so long before you have to you have to take other actions. Yeah, absolutely. Now next week may not be that big of an issue at Darlington because of the series, but the following week all series uh, are, are going to be back in place, I believe, in Charlotte. Uh, and so Charlotte's going to have a lot of a lot of things on their hands, a lot of things to watch. So hopefully all the teams can monitor because what's going to happen if if they don't then they're going to have to, again, suspend uh, operations and, and even push back even further that um, the even further that they allow fans back in. So uh, steady as they go, as, as they say, and we're certainly anxious to get back, but we've got to do it all in, in the right way. The last thing we want is for this uh, nasty virus to rear its rear its head. It's uh, I think it's affected – so many people on so many levels, and you know, uh, we shared this last week. Uh, my father uh, passed away a couple weeks ago, and we found out one day after he had passed away that he had tested positive for the corona. The first uh, test turned out negative. He was in a nursing home, and then they moved him to a different part of the nursing home. Uh, but then he got pneumonia, and it just it just uh, complicated from there. So this virus has touched so many people. So I think we need to take it seriously. But at the same time, we need to we need to get get moving uh, back on things. He's been talking with Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest, our editor in chief, editor in chief of Speedway Digest, and our official NASCAR contributor. Uh, Steve, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Put a bowl on it. Go ahead and give us uh, your thoughts on the on the return of NASCAR and. And uh, what are some of the things you're working on over there at Speedway Digest? Well, I think everybody's glad to see the live sports being back on television, whatever the case may be. And NASCAR is uh, obviously the first one that's going to get a go at this. And, uh, the, all the eyeballs of the world will be on them come Sunday mm-hmm. in Burlington. And I, I'd be curious to see the TV numbers there because – I mean, there's just going to be people watching the race just because there's something on. There's some live sporting event on. So you're going to have people that don't typically watch a NASCAR race be watching NASCAR race just because they've, they've got this this uh, this thing uh, for uh, to, to watch sports. So we'll see how, how it goes. And it is going to be weird to watch the race at Darlington without no fans. But, hey, uh, it'll, at least it's a race and at least it's, it's uh, moving uh, forward. So, how have you been holding up okay, uh, you and the kids and the wife, uh, uh, driving everybody crazy and insane? Or <laughs> Well, I mean, we're holding up the best that we can. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess I could say some things about, you know, our governor here, but, you know, I'll leave that <laughs> for another conversation. <laughs> I hear you. I understand you. I know Virginia's uh, kind of been in the news recently, so we'll see what's going on. You have you picked up any new uh, binges? I, I, I've started since all this started. I've started what I call my train wreck binges. So I, I basically find um, shows that you know 
Well, I started with the, with the Tiger King, and I have to admit that that was a little bit out of my comfort zone, so I did not – I have not finished it, but it did get me on that train wreck I trained. So I've, uh, I did a, everything from Moonshining series to uh, – I'm, I'm going to start something this week. It's called uh, – and he uh, allows extreme uh, animals to yeah, bite him. Stoned. Yeah, Yeah. I've, uh, I've seen I've seen videos of that, and uh, you know, for 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 the record, I guess Carol Baskin did do it. <laughs> did you get sucked? In? I mean, that's a common because that's a common consensus, I guess. So. And she fed she fed him to the tigers, didn't she? <laughs> I guess that's a common consensus. So. Yeah, I guess I'll get on that train with everybody else. No, I tell you, I, I had to jump off that train. I I might get back on it if 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 things get really bad. But uh, yeah, I started. I'm going to start this Coyote Peterson. I've had. I've really been enjoying my moonshine shows. Those are really good uh, because I like moonshine. Yeah. I mean, who does it, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that Coyote Peterson. I saw one yesterday where he uh, he let one of those murder hornets sting him. Uh, I'll I'll, yeah. leave, I'll leave it for you to watch it, but yeah, yeah it's uh, pretty that, yeah. insane. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, that's the real deal. So the world's coming into an end. Well, I hope you and your wife uh, and your wife has a good Mother's Day, and uh, I appreciate you jumping on with us. We're going to get back on the track next week, and we're going to get things uh, get things rolling again. All righty, thanks a lot, hey, y'all. Day. Talk to y'all soon. See you, buddy. Alrighty, bye bye. Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, and our official uh, IndyCar, I mean, NASCAR contributor. Appreciate you guys joining us on the Matthew Embry WSBT up in South End, our official IndyCar contributor, Mo from the BS Sports Show. Ed Kraft, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, SI.com, uh, breaking down the NFL with us as, as the schedules are, are, re, are released. My name is Tom Mark. Uh, I, again, happy Mother's Day to my mom. I, I, again, you know, it's going to be a it's going to be a uh, rough Mother's Day for her. Uh, she was married to my dad for 52 years, got six kids. Uh, so uh, happy that Mother's Day to my mom, uh, and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And uh, just remember, don't drink a drive. It isn't cool. We're going to get through all this on the back end. I promise. I'm out of here, deuces. <laughs> Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.